RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio. Claire Bleakley is from G Free NZ. Now we spoke to Claire back at the end of June, I think it was, and we were talking about her trip to Brazil, my favorite country, apart from this one. Though I don't know about that anymore. Uh, and uh, her um, journey there, it was a uh, kind of a get together with people from all around the world. And that was uh, interesting to hear about that. And that is available for replay. Just go into the breakfast um, menu of our replays and put uh, Claire Bleakley in the search box. You'll find it. Anyway, Claire is back with us from GE Free NZ. Claire, good to have you back again. It's great to be there. Thanks, Paul, for inviting me. Okay. And we're here right now to talk about the International Day of Action Against Industrial Tree Plantations. Well, like pine trees, that sort of thing. Any plantation that is industrially planted, really. So these monocultures of trees that take up vast areas of land, denuding it, and normally in the state of the Americas, especially Brazil, it is encroaching on the indigenous forests that have been there since time immemorial, destruction of the Amazon forest, which we see as lungs of the world, as well as the Atlantic forest, which is on the Atlantic coast. Um, It's lost around about a third to two thirds, it depends which country, uh, which area you look at, of its um, indigenous trees. Okay, so that is basically erasing diversity, is it? Well, what it is is exactly that, yes. the We call it, I would say, a, a common term would be biodiversity because the native trees are, are many, many varieties. And for the sake of argument, there's, there's one tree that is actually called a Brazilian tree, and it's got five or six different flowering seasons. And the pink one flowered when we were in there in May, And then it goes to yellow, and then it goes to purple, and then it goes to white. So that there's five different types of trees. Now, these have been absolutely erased, but I've just had a photo sent me of an aerial one of of the pink ones, and it's just this beautiful forest of flowers. But you see, this is where the biodiversity comes in. It's called what they call the trophic layers. You get your environment at the bottom, you then get the next layers up and the next layers up. So when you start to kill the trees or remove the forest layers, you start to lose your animals and your birds and your insect life. And all of those live on each other as well as pollinate all the trees and stuff. So it is actually an ecological collapse in that area. Yeah, because the system over millennia, or even longer than that, millions of years, has worked out how to, you know, there's a there's a cycle, right? A mechanism. They all all the piece parts fit, don't yes. they? Yes. And you can't just take it away overnight and not expect, you know, bad things to happen. I mean, I'm no expert. I'm trying to put it into, you know, words, but but anyone should know that. So. This is purely these monoculture stands of trees, forests, purely commercial, right? Purely commercial. They are p- purely commercial. 
there is now about 16 million acres of trees, uh, plantation trees that are growing in Brazil. It is now um, 46 million, uh, 46.5 million hectares in the South Americas uh, and globally. Um, now, what? just going back to what you were saying, uh, when you have a monoculture, you are more likely to get an environmental collapse because the diversity is lost. And I think um, the eucalypts are an Australian tree and they have been moved into another country. So those animals and those insects now need to look at other ways to find food because koalas don't grow. <laughs> which is about the only thing that eats them. Yeah, um, right. And they haven't yeah. yet imported the koalas. But what they have seen is the loss of the animal life, the bird life, the insect life, as well as the pollution from these trees. I think you talked about the eucalypts last time we talked. Why are they there? What's the purpose? What are they getting from, from those? Maybe uh, it's obvious. I don't know. No. Uh, basically, the world... I'm not quite sure if one of the economic UN departments declared um, ETSs. um, I think that's sort of like carbon credits. Oh, so these are carbon sinks to offset carbon emissions, which, by the way, is mainly BS, but that's another story. (laughs) Um, So people can operate their airlines and and their carbon-emitting businesses. Yes. But but still offset them and sort of virtue signal to the world. Is that really well? I I I think it was ten fifteen years ago when they were first mooted. What was happening was the Amazon was being cut down at such a pace. They thought that if they gave a credit to those populations to preserve their native forests, uh, they would that would be able to save them because they get an income for saving in the forest. What then happened was the big forestry companies thought, hey, we can we can make money from growing these trees, but while we're growing them, we can make money while they're growing with this ETS. Right. So, so when you say BS, it is real BS, because what they've done is they've crossed two types of eucalypts that grow really fast in five years. I mean, you'll see the pictures of those really tall trees. They grow probably 50 feet in five years. Wow. Maybe even more. On steroids. They are. But they're really thin, and you get a wind, and they all fall off. They all fall over. Um, And I think I mentioned at the last thing that, these forestry companies are planting them, and we drove for around about five hours, and all you saw was these plantation forests. Yeah. The, they were silent. And when we went to the indigenous communities, it, all you could hear was the birds. It, well, there was such a distinct difference between the bird life because they farm agroecologically with trying to re um, rejuvenate where those eucalypts have grown and as well as preserving the forest that they actually live in. So, um, um, so the ETS, these trees grow really, really fast. 
and they can be harvested in five years. Now, well, the I, reason... Yeah, I, I see what they do. Grow them real fast, take the ETS money, harvest them, plant them again. The ETS money starts to come back in, and they've the cycle is so quick that they can harvest them and the next lot in five years. So it goes on, right? However, when they have to... The, the workers there are put on on a machine that they have to cut down a thousand trees in their shift. Wow. Okay. Or they get fine. Uh, the guy, there's 33 different maneuvers because this tree literally chops it down, that cuts, um, takes off the bar, cuts it, cuts it, cuts it. There's a photo on our website of this happening. And it's like eating. It's, it's no, it's like a Dr. Seuss story in this lorax you know of the the machine that ate all the uh sneeds but anyway um it is it's a it is actually the lorax in reality of what the destruction is you know and it we've got to save that one seed to replant and regenerate this just stop it now before it gets to that i I imagine also that it strips all the what what uh, nutrients were in the soil from what was there before, basically out. So would they have to start putting um, synthetic fertilizers and uh, other sort of uh, nutrients artificially in that soil? Maybe they do, maybe they don't. But after a while, it would degrade, I'm sure. It, what What is actually happening is, um, no, Brazil's got a very rich, um, a rich, soil from its trees that they've cut down so they can get quite a few generations of trees and 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 then they move on and it's turned into grassland or whatever totally denuded and then as you say you need to put on all your fertilizers and stuff like that and it won't grow back that quickly but what the problem is is in five years you've got your ets but when you chop down the trees you actually turn them into paper pulp so we can wipe our bottoms, a loo paper. Oh, nice. We can write okay. on it. Yeah. And the problem that we've got is all that carbon is released back again into yeah. the environment. They're not paying for that. They've actually been paid for to do that. But these trees are low in lignin, so you can what they call patent them because to patent something, it has to have an industrial application. And an industrial application means that if it's low lignin, the machinery that pulps everything doesn't get so gummed up with the gum. Right, gotcha. And actually, as I say, they're growing these trees so they don't need to have GE in them. Uh, genet- they don't need to be genetically engineered. Oh, I was going to ask you about that. So these these trees that you're talking about aren't genetically mod- modified at this stage? No. All they've done, though, is they've taken that tree with the low lignin in it and they have inserted a gene so you can spray it through its life. And what happened in Chile was they planted a whole lot of normal eucalypts, uh, millions of acres, right down the, the mountains in front of the Andes in Chile. And then what they did is the pests that they had, because they destroyed all the trees that the pests live in, naturally. They all come out, a, right? They all come out, they, they don't know where to go. Yeah, they thought, oh, this these new trees look delicious. So they went in, and if you look under a 
uh, a eucalypt bark sometimes, you'll see all the little um, places where these insects have bored and made pretty pictures. And what happened was they went, oh, we are not insured for pest damage, but we're insured for fire damage. So let's just light a little fire and destroy this little forest. What they forgot was that they had now turned the whole of Chile from one end to the other into a eucalypt forest. And they burnt over 2 million hectares of forest. We went over there about five years ago to look at this devastation and heard the story. It's going to happen again, I think, in Brazil. But with 16 million hectares, it will destroy the Amazon if the fires get out of control. Because, of course, eucalypts are one of the most incendiary trees yeah. that are grown. Yeah. As you said, the flammable. they're flammable. Yeah. They're, they're totally inflammable. But they also um, take out up to a thousand liters of water from the aquifers. So what's happening is the rivers are drying up because the amount of trees that are being planted are drying up. And the Brazilian people said, oh, no, no, we don't have to worry. We have the biggest aquifer in the world under here. But um, I think it is being depleted as fast as we are talking by okay. these trees. Okay. So for folk who uh, don't like the sound of what they're hearing, and um, that wouldn't surprise me. I don't like the sound of what I'm hearing. And I'm fond of Brazil. I've been there. I, I, place is amazing. I've been in the Amazon. I know what it's like. So. Oh, right. You were lucky. Oh, yeah. yeah, no, it's incredible. Um, okay, so are there any events that are coming up that people can go to or find out about to raise their awareness and other people's awareness um, of these plantations? I mean, it's not happening here in New Zealand, but as you say, the Amazon is the lungs of the world. But also we do see it here because there's a lot of our land that's in monoculture pine forests is, yes. is what I um, have observed anyway. And that can't be good. That can't be good for us either. Well, what we, we to bring it back to New Zealand, New Zealand actually developed the first GE eucalypts. Oh no! Uh, so we're Argentina. yeah, we're involved in this. <laughs> this is why we're involved. I think you mentioned that last time, actually. Yes, yeah. but Scion at Rotorua is still making GE pine trees. Okay, but I live in the Wairarapa, and our farmers are actually incredibly anxious about the fact that very, very good farmland is being turned into pine tree forests for this ETS. So what we're doing is, in a way, farmers are being paid to plant trees for 30 years. Um, however, um, it's destroying the farmland, and those plantations will possibly, if they become GE, and, and to go back a bit, there was a national standard for forestry put in about four years ago, and they sneaked in a little weeny paragraph that basically said, um, we would like to plant, uh, no, to use GE rootstock from our GE stuff. We found that 
I had to go through 340. Uh, we found this paragraph and got it removed. But the latest thing, and this is what we are uh, going to try and raise with the International Day of Action for forestry plantation um, to stop GE trees in South America, the planting of them, whatever, because of the devastation that they will have, the loss of diversity, the chemical pollution of the air and the water, the theft of our indigenous lands and the contamination from the pulp and paper mills, but also the aerial spraying that these would be able to do will further contaminate the air. The If they're genetically engineered, they are possibly highly toxic to animals and insects. So we lose our insect life, we lose our pollinators, we lose everything. So in New Zealand, we have to be very aware uh, on, we are going to ask everybody, if that's okay, to go to our website, www.gfree.org.nz, and on the left-hand side, there's a little tab saying International Day of Action. We are hoping, we are going in the middle of writing and finalising a letter that we are going to take on the 21st to the Brazilian embassy. And we are going to attach um, the main points that the indigenous people in Kiambola and MST asked us to put forward. It's all on the website. Um, and we will present that to them. Uh, we were going to go to Parliament, but then <laughs> we knew the Parliament uh, has actually uh, is in election mode. So. Yeah, there's no one there, I don't think. Yeah, yeah so... Um, it would be good to be able to raise this because it's not just an election issue. The There are three or four parties that have said they would lift the ban on GMOs. Um, and there is a concern that one of those, the, the National Party, last election said that they were going to push for a free trade deal with the USA. But the USA has actually said only we will only do a free trade deal with you if you lift your GE ban. It's not a ban at all. And the reason it isn't is anybody can apply to the Environmental Protection Agency for a, a, an application to release, control, whatever, field trial. They just haven't done it because they what the EPA requires is proof of safety. So the US just want to be able to just have no friction at all. They just want to get it in there. And um, and one of their big companies like Monsanto and, yep. you know, so they'll own all the uh, IP and every they end up owning the food chain here uh, eventually is probably what that's all about. Uh, can I say Monsanto collapsed and it was bought out by Bayer. Okay, Bayer. So it's called Bayer Monsanto. Isn't Bayer a German company? It is. Oh. But it's no, it's actually a universe. It's one of those corporates. It's everywhere. Okay. And it's also in globalist. Every, yeah. It's globalist in every section of society from um, medications through to sea, sea control, through to forestry, through to chemical production. So it's it's basically how I see it. The chemicals create the illnesses. And they have the pills to fix the illnesses, which which aren't fixed. They're just 
put in abeyance. Well, say. it's a little bit like Pfizer. I, we might suddenly find that Pfizer comes out with a really good drug to treat the spike protein, which they <laughs> created. Okay, so yeah, and all of that. Okay, so you would expect the Greens, particularly, to be right on board with you. Are they? Can I say the Greens have got a policy which is to keep GE in the lab. That is a very strong policy that they've went into this election with. However, there it all depends what happens after the election and the pressures of, of whether they might fold. There is always that problem. Okay, but in terms of the more the international approach uh, and what you are describing in Brazil. Is there any, we, yeah, what do they think um, about that? Have, do you know? Can I say, um, I think they would be highly concerned, but they have not ever made a, a statement against it or anything. Why, like would, why wouldn't they make a statement against it? This is their bread and butter, isn't it? I think they've moved away a little bit from the environmental. Well, they call themselves green. How can you call yourself green if you've moved away from green? Uh, I I think you would have to... They're fixated on climate, aren't they? They are fixated on one thing. I I think the problem with the... This is where, where I'm concerned about where the greens could go. I think they have become so concerned or overly frightened about what's happening in the environment that they will possibly go to which, any- which by the way no one can see no one can see the sea level has risen the weather's about the same as it always was so let's always just make that comment when we're talking about people who are wetting the bed over this exactly there is there is a high concern over that there is i think a reset i think what happened was no more different models of cars could be done and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So they had to reset with a new new type of mode of transport. And where do we go? We go, we still mine the country for the batteries, which is highly polluting. We still do all yeah, so that. So how could they live with that? How could I, you live with that and call yourself green? I I call myself green. No, you do, but how can they? They use it as their branding. I, I I have to say, at this stage, that is something you would have to talk to the Greens about. No, I know that, but um, it's the <laughs> obvious question. It is. Uh, it, I, and I, I know the history. I, I remember the Values Party. I remember the Greens of Rod yes. Donald, Donald and and, yeah. um, and uh, Jeanette Fitzsimons. They were a different breed of Green. I think, uh, I actually think that, the the people because you what happens is you you join a party and then you can start to participate within policy advisements and stuff like that. I actually think they were waiting for Jeanette to go, and oh, I so think they, they, they have, wanted to change things. They just needed to get the old guy. I think out. that the new bree the new new broom that is going through the greens has definitely been trapped by the fear mongering. And so it is using it, it. They've been brought up at school to be told how wonderful GE is. They have never been told that there are downsides. And I think to um, the fear. And so it's kind of we will grab anything 
that will stop the world from dying. And I think that's where it's at. Okay. But the, what people are forgetting, and I think you've touched on this with some of your speakers, is that Marsden Point was such an amazing thing for us. Um, and we are going, cars need roads to drive on. And the bitumen that they use comes from the very petrol. It was a byproduct of the refining stuff. Our whole our road, I've broken two tires from going down our road. So this whole green thing, we do need to actually have a party that really thinks hard about this. And we have to bring back our sovereignty. And so this International Day for Forestry to raise awareness of the destruction of forestry plantations and also to stop the GE trees is it is yet again another way of destroying the natural environment. And in a way, I just read the other day that Bill Gates was going to chop down millions of acres of trees in California and bury them because of carbon. What he forgets is that one tree gives enough oxygen for four people. So what's going to happen when we run out of oxygen because all our trees are buried in the ground? Because- it's just insane. I mean, it's just so out there. It's so crazy. What's the buried oh, he- trees? Oh, Crikey. it's terrible. But the, the cryogenics, you wonder whether he's hoping to come back in so many million years and harvest that for fossil fuels because yeah. that's exactly how fossil fuels are. I don't made. know. People get possessed with ideas. It doesn't matter how rich you are, how smart you are. You can still be as dumb as a sack of rocks. But, okay, so the 21st uh, of uh, September. Rocks are very, very, very intelligent. Okay, well, I didn't mean. <laughs> okay, or <laughs> well, whatever the dumbest things are in the world. Um, okay. I would uh, say our politicians. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so like uh, single-cell sort of brains. Is this just New Zealand clear? Is it International Day? No, uh, all over the world. There, the, It's a global movement, this one. Um, right across Asia, Americas, England, Africa, and, of course, Aotearoa, New Zealand. And our colleagues in Australia are also going to um, have an action as well. It It may not be very big due to the politics, but when you put us all together, it'll make some kind of statement for the freedom of nature. All right. So the day is the 21st of September, 2023? 21st of September, yes. And just remind us again of your website address so people can go and find out as much as they need to if they want to. Yes. www.gfree.org.nz Great to talk with you again, Claire. Thank you. Yes, we hope to see you in Wellington. Keep an idea on the details. Um, We are hoping on the 21st, uh, and we'll put all the stuff on our website and where to meet and how and what we're going to do. And this is when you go to the embassy, right? We've written to the ambassador to ask for a meeting, and we are waiting for his reply at Well, this that stage. would be the diplomatic thing to do, so I'm sure you'll get that meeting. Thank you so much, Paul. Okay, Claire Bleakley from G3NZ. Thanks for a, another chat, and I'm sure we'll talk again. Yep, we must keep New Zealand Aotearoa G3. RCR with Paul Brennan. 
Reality Check Radio.